0: This episode of Casa Talk Chronicles is brought to you by Dequeen Auto Group. The folks at Dequeen Auto Group are ready to serve you during all of life's moments, from purchasing your daughter's first vehicle to ensuring your truck is kept in top shape to meet all your demands. Located at 863 East Collin Ray Drive in Dequeen, Arkansas, Dequeen Auto Group is a full-service dealership specializing in sales, service, parts, rentals, accessories installation, and collision repair. Family-owned and operated for nearly four decades, Dequeen Auto Group's commitment goes far beyond just its customers and employees. The business is a proud supporter of the community at large, with donations to local youth groups, charitable causes, and as a premier supporter of the annual Sevier County Fair and Rodeo. The level of service at Dequeen Auto Group speaks for itself. It was voted the 2023 Best Car Dealership, Best Body Shop, and Best Automotive Repair Facility in the 2023 Sevier County Reader's Choice. From owners Jay and Mary Ellen Dooley to Paul Lewis in sales, Tammy Huddleston in the rental department, Alicia McHorder in parts, Jose Hernandez in service, Diego DeNova in the body shop, and Juan in the detail department, De Queen Auto Group is made up of committed and dedicated personnel whose top goal is serving the community, finding you the right vehicle for your needs, and keeping it in good shape on the road ahead. Learn more about De Queen Auto Group by visiting DeQueen4.net or checking out De Queen Auto Group on Facebook. Call the dealership at 870-642-3604 or better yet, just stop by at 863 East Colin Ray Drive into Queen, Arkansas for all your sales, service, parts, body shop, and rental needs. Welcome back to Cosatuck Chronicles, the podcast where we detail the people, the places, and the heritage of Southwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Patrick Massey. Now, in what is quickly becoming a tradition on this podcast, let me provide a thousand apologies because we're actually an episode off schedule here. But you know, that's okay. My thought is there's enough to discuss on our corner of the natural state that will never truly be caught up. Also, you know, it's been a really busy time here in southwest Arkansas, and it seems everyone is staying pretty busy. It's football season, and also, it's finally starting to cool off as well. That means there's a lot of festivals, events, and other activities going on. One of those is the Casatod Arts and Crafts Association's 51st Annual King Art Show, October 13th through the 15th. Hopefully, you catch this podcast just in time to remember to go check it out. The King Art Show, held in the small community of King between Dequeen and Gilliam, Arkansas, is one of our region's premier art shows. It doesn't get much better than that, especially given the venue inside the historic former King Schoolhouse. You know, also, Halloween is actually just around the corner, and before we know it, Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Speaking of Halloween, lots of haunted houses and other Halloween-themed events in the region, so hopefully everyone has a chance to check them out. Also, in celebration of Halloween, one of our episodes this month will explore some of the spookier tales and legends here in southwest Arkansas, including the Kadaha monster of Caddo Indian legend, the Falk Monster, and some of the haunted hotspots around the region. Who knows, one of those spots might be just next door to you. I've been working on getting those produced and plan to release these tales here on Casa Talk Chronicles the last week of October. I know you're really going to enjoy these. Also, I want to thank everyone who expressed their concern for my boat following my failed alligator hunting expedition. That truly meant the world to me. Okay, I suppose we should dive right into today's episode. We have another guest who joined us for this episode, my friend and the U.S. representative for Arkansas's 4th District, Congressman Bruce Westerman. Now, some of you may know, for the last three or so years, Bruce and I have held weekly radio discussions on a host of issues ranging from local to international. Earlier this week, we focused on a discussion that is admittedly a long, long ways from Casatac country. However, I decided to include it in this week's episode for a couple of reasons. For one, we don't usually release our entire conversation because they can be rather long for radio. Secondly, this week we talked about a very tragic event that I would be remiss if I did not take every opportunity to share. I'm talking, of course, about the horrendous terrorist attacks on Israel orchestrated by Hamas on October 7th. It took me several days to begin to comprehend the scale of that attack, the unbelievable casualty figures, and the repercussions the attack is likely to prompt. What didn't take long to see, however, was the insanity the hatred behind some of the reaction here in the U.S. to that evil event from people whose knee-jerk reaction was to declare Hamas militants and resistance fighters and to victim blame Israel. And look, before I go any further, this is not a political podcast. My political leanings on this situation are going to be very clear from the get-go in this interview. This kind of discussion is not going to be anything close to the norm on Talk Chronicles. But I feel like it's my duty however small, to express my support for Israel in this dreadful time. For those who follow the subject, I understand the desire to discuss the Palestinian question. That is a conversation that can be had, that needs to be had, but not right now. No one was calling for ceasefires on September 12, 2001, or suggesting it was America's fault. It was a time to come together as a nation, to heal, to rebuild, to raise our guard, and ensure something like that didn't happen again. The world was with us, including Israel. We owe them the same respect. There are tough conversations that need to be had, conversations that have been had for decades, but it's time to pause. It's time to let Israel do what it feels like needs to be done. If your initial reaction after the terrorist attack was to express your support for Hamas and to blame the people of Israel for what happened, you're not going to want to listen to this episode. Well, actually, you should want to, because you're wrong. Israel did not deserve or ask or carry responsibility for what a group of monsters did to its people on October 7th. Now, before we launch into the interview, let me again stress this is not a political podcast and this episode is far from Qasatah country. But Congressman Westerman, he is a Southwest Arkansas native and his district encompasses the entire corner of the state. If there's anyone this podcast could turn to to help make sense of what happened in Israel, it's Bruce Westerman. Also, Arkansas is obviously a pro-Israel state and the Southwest not the least corner to express our sympathy and extend our prayers to the Jewish nation. So let's launch right in and take a moment to reflect on what happened and get a perspective from a resident of Southwest Arkansas who has visited Israel, is familiar with the situation, and is positioned to help lead the policymaking to help Israel and to prevent similar events from happening in the future, both in Israel and back at home. But before we go further, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor, Smartphone EMT. Imagine this scene. You're walking towards your front door, one arm full of groceries, another holding on to your young child. Then your phone rings. It's that important work call you've been waiting for all day. You can't miss it. You fumble to get your phone out of your pocket. And that's when you realize you can't do three things at once. You hold on to the child. You save the groceries. But your phone? Slip. Fall, shatter. Sounds familiar? Well, it's exactly what happened to me the other day. Now, I could have tossed the phone, lost all my contacts, lost all those photos of my daughter, that important text message I hadn't responded to just yet, and went on to buy another. But instead, I went to Smartphone EMT to have my phone fixed like new. And with locations into Queen, Arkansas, Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and Texarkana, Texas, finding a Smartphone EMT location couldn't have been more convenient. Esteban Ochoa and Smartphone EMT's experienced crew of technicians specialize in both Apple and Samsung products, including iPhones, iPads, all models of Galaxies, as well as PC and MacBook repair, virus removal, custom builds, setup, and much more. Come see for yourself why Smartphone EMT has an established reputation for quality repair and fun customer service. Smartphone EMT is locally owned, people-oriented, and the areas best for smartphone and iPad repairs. Find out more about Smartphone EMT at SmartphoneEMT.com or visit the Facebook page. Give them a call at any of their three locations or just stop by in person. Smartphone EMT is fixing broken phones and broken hearts. Okay, we're back with Casa Talk Chronicles, and really, I'm just sneaking back in here before the interview to stress one last time that this is not a political podcast. You may not agree with everything you hear in this discussion, but that's totally okay. And let me hear from you either way. Hopefully by now, you know how to get a hold of me. Anyways, here's our interview. Congressman Bruce Westerman, so good to have you with us this morning.
1: Patrick, good to be with you, even though I'm uh, calling from Washington, D.C. without uh, much progress being made this week, you know, the... I feel the, the Lord's bless me and glad to be here and we're going to get this figured out
0: well somebody's got to do that tough work up there on the hill i'm glad uh, glad to know you're up there fighting for us well uh congressman i um, I know that's obviously been a been a big discussion here for a couple of weeks but uh, I, I want to kind of focus on a topic today because congressman we are speaking during what is really one of the most tragic moments in recent years, considering the horror that unfolded in Israel this past Saturday. I think it's important to say, but uh, maybe parents listening to this with small children around may find some of this a little unsuited. But, look, it's important to be clear on just how ghastly and how hideous that terrorist attack against Israel was. 1,200 Israelis killed, around twice that wounded. By far, most of those casualties were civilians, hundreds more dragged back to Gaza to be ransomed off and and who knows what else. Uh, Children, women, the elderly, I mean, 40 babies killed in the most horrific ways, not even imaginable in one israeli village alone you know uh, congressman the true scope of saturday's terrorist attack the number of israelis killed uh i i think that's yet to be finalized certain to go up um israel and its supporters are still mourning and will be for a very long time to come certainly there's a lot of complexity behind what happened and and perhaps we can get to a couple of those issues here in just a minute but i i'd really like to start to with getting your thoughts on, on what unfolded in israel and, and how you think the united states can help
1: well Patrick, it's my heart grieves for Israel and for the families there. And you know, it's twenty-two Americans uh, have been murdered there, and I think there's still fourteen missing. The last numbers that I've seen. Uh, a lot of Americans are in Israel trying to, to get home. Um, but you mentioned that these were these weren't IDF soldiers; these were civilians that were brutally murdered raped infanticide the worst thing you can imagine was happening to these people and they were kidnapped and it's a terrible terrible day for the world uh, america stands strong with israel and you know the israeli military is very well trained very well equipped and uh, they have to go kill these terrorists there's no other way to deal with them than to use brute force, and, and kill them. Uh, that's the only thing they, they understand. And, you know, they shout, uh, death to Israel, death to America. Uh, and, you know, my, my prayers and everything else are with the people of Israel as they fight against this evil, pure, unadulterated evil.
0: Uh, that, I, I couldn't put it any better, the description of what happened the other day. Now, the casualty figures we 've seen from israel they 're unlike anything that nation has experienced in decades, per- perhaps not even since the Holocaust. Uh, you know one description of of the terrorist attack that i 've heard if, if you consider israel 's a nation of nine million people, then proportionately speaking, what happened the other day is the equivalent of, of at least ten or more nine eleven attacks and I hate to make that kind of comparison but uh, Speaking of proportions, many on the international scene and, and many here on the left back in the here back here in the United States, uh, they're c- calling for proportionality that Israel's react proportionately to the attack on Saturday, but uh, how in the world do you respond proportionately to the deliberate slaughter of civilians and, and the mass kidnap kidnapping of innocent people, including uh, I'm glad that you mentioned the Americans. Uh, I mean, Congressman, in some senses these calls right now, they're, they're preposterous.
1: This is a war. This was a uh, unprovoked attack on innocent people with the the worst kinds of actions that um, that these terrorists could take and the response is to exterminate them to go in and kill them all and to drive them out and that's the kind of proportion they need to be met with and they terrorists around the world need to understand when they do this stuff that it leaves uh, Civil societies, no option but to wipe them out. You can't exist with uh, with that kind of actions with people who are civilized. So, you know, the, the proportion needs to be um, much greater than what the terrorists hit with for them to understand this is not acceptable uh, to do. So, uh, there's so much concern for innocent people and for hostages that were taken but if you put yourself in the shoes of the, the leaders of israel uh what option do you have other than to go in and wipe out these terrorists you know and they I'm, don't negotiate th- history has shown they do not negotiate they kill or they're killed
0: uh, i i'm with you a hundred percent on that congressman and I, i'm kind of reminded of, of dresden and tokyo during world war ii tens of thousands of people were killed in those bombings uh, most of them unfortunately were innocent civilians. But you can't blame the United States for that, not when the national socialists in Germany, the imperial government in Japan, they were responsible for leading their nations towards those terrible outcomes. So, uh, um, Congressman, I, I'd like to move on to another aspect of, of Saturday's attack. And I appreciate you kind of let me focus on this a little bit, but uh, apparently it did catch Israel completely off guard, and, and, and there's going to be many difficult questions that will be have to be answered in the days and weeks ahead. Um, but congressman i i want to ask you about the iranian connection to all this and and whether you just find it a coincidence that iran a, a longtime ally of hamas uh, just got six billion dollars in seized assets unfrozen through a deal brokered by the biden administration a uh, coincidence or something else
1: well patrick when i got back to dc this week i went to a classified briefing with uh, the state department you know our intelligence agencies the military and um to see them sit on the stage and try to make excuses for um, for Iran and for this administration, it was really sickening to me. Uh, but it's more than just the six billion dollars of assets that were unfrozen, and they they tried to make the argument that none of those funds have been released yet. But it's like. If you had your budget for the year and somebody said we're going to give you $6 billion that you can only buy food and medical supplies with, uh, you know the budget you have for food and medical supplies, you now know you can use that for something else.
0: That's right. You can rob Peter to pay Paul.
1: Yeah, it's it's the fungibility of money, but it's much deeper than that. Um, And this is what we have been saying over and over and over about our energy policy, that energy security is national security. The amount of oil that Iran has sold since Joe Biden has been president has skyrocketed at high prices, which means that has generated funds for Iran to carry out stuff like this. And they are the world's number one sponsor of terror. I can guarantee you they're behind and they're supporting what's going on with Hamas. And uh, it's unacceptable the position that this administration has taken uh, with Iran. And you've also got Hezbollah in the north, uh, you know, up around in, in Lebanon, up by the Golan Heights, that they're, they keep, uh, you know, flirting with the border there.
0: Sure, these provocations. some
1: incursions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying to keep the Israeli uh, defenses uh, occupied up in that area. Uh, you've got the uh, East Jerusalem and the West Bank. Yeah. Which is probably the most stable part of the area, but it's pretty bad when you have to start calling that the most stable part of the area. <laughs> yeah. This is major, major issues, and Iran's behind it, and we're playing footsie with Iran with this administration.
0: The oil prices—that is such a, uh, a complex and, and, and a, a, great connect, a great connection. I haven't even thought of in regards to this particular situation, and uh, and, and I—it's ho- not
1: just the prices; it's the volume that they've produced. Mm. Uh, and it's mostly been bought by China. Uh, but it's a, a high volume at a high price, which is just uh, flowing cash into our rent.
0: Well, absolutely. That's a great point. I'm glad that you made it. Now, I want to I wanna move on to maybe just one final part of this conversation before we do let you go, Congressman. Um, that's... Some of the reactions we're seeing back here at home, uh, back here in the United States, particularly among the left and including some of your colleagues in the House of Representatives, officials who consider Israel to be a genocidal settler nation who took what happened the other day and twisted it into praise for for Hamas terrorists, even calling them militants. Uh, You have professors and students in universities making the most awful and preposterous statements, including a professor at Yale, which, which you attended, Congressman. And, and obviously, as a conservative, I imagine you were in a very small minority at Yale. And even so, the hate speech of one professor is hardly representative of, of the university. But I, but I do wonder what you make of all this, and, and particularly whether the, the anti-Semitism, let's we'll just call it what it is, anti-Semitism spewing from college campuses, is this a free speech kind of thing, or, or is this indicative of some kind of moral rot? among our educational institutions.
1: Or oral, oral rot is a, is a very good way to describe that. You know, we hear about hate speech. If, if there's ever anything that is hate speech, uh, this is hate speech. And you talked about the small number of people that are getting a lot of attention. There are, there are members of Congress who are flying Palestinian flags outside their office in the U.S. Capitol uh, grounds uh, that will not denounce Hamas But I can tell you it's a very small group It's a very small group of Democrats And I'm going to take up for some of my colleagues across the aisle That I don't agree with anything else on There are many of them that are just as furious about what's happening as as I am But there are people in Congress who are trying to push the same message uh, And to me that's unacceptable I've had people ask me what you know, what would have happened if members of Congress had been flying swastikas and pro- promoting uh, Nazi propaganda during World War II? I-, I don't think that would have lasted very long, and uh, I think the-, the people who elected those people would demand that they, they change. But um, you know, some of these folks are from cities where they have high immigrant populations, and they've been elected to serve in Congress, and they hold these views. So that tells you a little bit about what we're against up, up against in this country. And there's uh, Palestinian, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas rallies happening in DC right now.
0: Yeah, you know, we have this segment or uh, uh, we have the, the the a party, I guess you call it the Democratic Socialists of, of America. Um, a few me, a few members. Card carrying members in the House of Representatives. Uh, I think what we've seen from them the last few days, uh, their name would be better off changed to the national socialists of America. But uh, Congressman, I, I think there's there's going to be a lot more to say on all this in, in the near future. And, and no doubt what happened the other day, it's going to have some serious and, and just very long term repercussions across the Middle East. I, I really do appreciate you focusing on this uh, on this topic with me and, and for our listeners today. But, uh, you know, here we are. It, it, it's Friday. Uh, the Razorbacks are preparing for our annual sacrifice to the Crimson Tide this Saturday. I hate to put it that way, but this is this just isn't a game that tends to go our way. Any thoughts you want to on uh, on the game or any plans to, to maybe catch it, even if you're in D.C.?
1: Well, I think I'm going to be busy while I'm, I'm here in D.C., uh, but you, you never know. That's why you they play know. the game, and wouldn't it be great, we've never beaten Nick Saban, we don't have to play them next year, wouldn't it be great for the Razorbacks to go to Tuscaloosa and steal one uh, from Nick Saban and not have to play them for a few years? It's possible. Uh, and that's, I'm pulling for the hogs, but we'll see how it turns
0: out. I love it. I love it. I've, and Excuse my pessimism. I've been optimistic every week, and that's not gotten me anywhere, so I'm trying a different tack this time around. But, uh, well, uh, well, perfect, Congressman. I suppose we should leave it there. As always, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us and looking forward to doing it again very soon.
1: Thank you, Patrick. Have a great weekend.
0: You too. Bye. All right, well, I appreciate everyone who made it this far. This was not an easy conversation to have, and as I hinted at, there will be much more to say in the weeks, months, and days ahead. I want to thank the congressman again for his time, and hope we can have him back during quieter moments to discuss more of his background and what he does in Congress. Next week, I promise, we'll return to Southwest Arkansas with what I hope is a fun look at the fascinating look at the geographic complexity of Southwest Arkansas from the swamps and bottoms in the extreme south to the Ouachita Mountains and forest on its northern periphery. We'll look at some of the great outdoor locations to explore and the parks to check out. It's going to be a bit of a whirlwind tour due to the sheer amount of natural treasures we have here in southwest Arkansas, but we'll explore some of them much more thoroughly in future episodes of the podcast. I think this is a good place to leave today's episode of Casa Talk Chronicles, which is not a political podcast. In the meantime, let me thank Casa Talk Chronicle producers Jen Albert and Tyler Massey for making me look and sound better than I deserve. I want to also take a moment to thank our sponsors, Dequeen Auto Group, located conveniently on Collin Ray Drive in Dequeen. Give them a call at 870-642-3604 or, better yet, stop by in person, whether you're in the market for a new vehicle or just need to keep that old one running. Either way, the folks at Dequeen Auto Group are going to ensure you and your vehicle are well taken care of. And thanks to Smartphone EMT. Find out why Smartphone EMT has established a solid reputation for quality repair and fun customer service specializing in smartphones and iPads. Convenient locations in Dequeen, Arkansas, Texarkana, Texas, and Bow, Oklahoma. Check them out at SmartphoneEMT.com or visit them on Facebook. And of course, thanks especially to you, the listener, from me and everyone with the Washita Podcast Network, thanks for listening to Casa Chronicles and make sure to check out the others at thewashitapodcast.com. Visit Casa Chronicles on Facebook and email us at Chronicles at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.